was the path obvious? Or were you having to they've marked, yourself? They've marked the first sort of 100 kilometers um, and the rest is uh, GPS. But it's not too tricky. Um, like with the, with the Garmin, um, as long as you pay attention. And what, would, uh, what is the terrain like? throughout the they oh, so it, it's got everything in it i mean you um uh you've got some beautiful sort of uh forests in the north you've mm. got um incredible uh i mean nothing's above about 1200 meters but mm. you've got some some quite big climbs um up rocky paths and uh over the sort of a bit like the jebelin mds yeah um, i say that there is only one like the, the um the the one that you have to go over there um, and then you've got desert, um, but the, the scenery is, is incredibly stunning. Um, like just the, the variety and the, I, you can't really describe it, but it's just uh, an exceptionally beautiful place throughout. And it's littered with incredible sights. Um, what's, the, what's the climate like? Um, is it like ridiculous? I imagine it's like a really dry heat, but what, what, sort, of, um, it, what sort of temperatures was it in? I mean, about 30 in the day and then pretty cold at night. Um, it, de- it, it depends massively on, on what time of year you do. Um, if you go there in September, I think um, you uh, you can get it can get very hot. Similarly, in, in April May, um, the Jordanians this was definitely this was winter for the Jordanians, and they were complaining about how cold it was. Um, but it was per- perfect running weather. And so, do you think it will? Because what's their plan? With well, I mean, so, I mean, I'm just going to say, I mean, in terms of sites along the way, like mm-hmm. it's, um, you've got, uh, you've got the big ones like Petra and Wadi Ram. Wadi Ram is, is Lawrence of Arabia territory. Um, okay. And you've got hundreds of ancient ruins, crusader castles. Um, like it, it's, it's epic as a sightseeing tour. And there's some that you just run through that are there, but they're the, the running. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty sort of random. Oh, there's no one there. You the just field. happen to be running. Okay. Um, the the history. I mean, uh, it's some of them. Petra's incredible. Whatever your perspective is, some of them, if you're interested in history, would be um, very interesting. Some of them are, uh, are are interesting from the sort of cultural perspective. You, you've still got a lot of Bedouin communities down there, um, so you uh, you get to sort of hang out in the desert and live like a Bedouin. We, we were definitely glamping. Yeah. Um, so before we arrived, we, we camped about half the time. Um, and before we arrived at a camp spot, we've got there, built a fire, put carpets, um, pro- uh, procured like an enormous meal from the local community, <laughs> um, made tea. And it, so it was real luxury, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds incredible. They didn't, they didn't do an MDS and get you up at five in the morning, though, did they? No, not at all. No, like nice. Was, um, <laughs> I mean, it made me. It did make me think. Obviously, I, I thought about MDS a bit when I was there. It did make me think how unnecessarily unpleasant MDS is. <laughs> <laughs> or you, oh, the, the fact you just sleep on that one bit of mat, and yeah, yeah, the fact you sleep on that one bit of mat. The fact that that last stupid night, they you're still eating the same shit food and in the same discomfort, in spite of the fact you finished the race. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. And I was just living a, an incredible 
Um, I mean, I ate so much. I, I didn't lose any weight over 650 kilometers. Yes. Which is, which is yes. a testament to quite, quite how much I ate. Now, that is, really a, good, like, that is a great race. Food. That is a great race. If you do a race and you, like, over that sort of distance, you don't lose weight, you know that it is, a, it is perfect. I, I must have got, so I think I, I must have got through like several kilos of hummus. Um, we as a we as a group of five were getting through a kilo of sugar in our tea every two days. Um, Whoa! Yeah, yeah, they wonderful. love the sugar in a tea, don't they? Oh my god! Well, I, I must say the, the the other distinctive feature was that at the end of a stage race, uh, I normally feel and look like shit. Um, and at the end of this two weeks, um, I'd had two weeks of doing doing quite a lot of exercise, but not that intensely. Um, lots of fresh air, about 10 hours sleep a night, good food and no alcohol. And I felt amazing. Like, like I'd never felt that good as I did at the end of, end of two weeks in Jordan. Um, which I guess again is, is a, a, an argument in favor of just going for a nice run rather than getting caught up in this competitiveness and striving to, I love to this. Go as fast as possible. this. This sounds, this sounds the perfect race. This sounds perfect. Like history, yeah. not having to run very fast. It's warm. I love it. They yeah, actually, really, I mean, go ahead. It, it, that doesn't really exist as a thing, does it? For because people are so insistent on running with others, you don't really have running holidays where you can just run miles and miles and miles and um, not have to be running in a group of ten. That it, you have to either race it or do it by yourself things like that don't really exist do I've, I've, do you know what I've seen um, places in South America um, like um, uh, tour companies in South America who do running holidays like that and I, I've never I've never tried them or anything but that, that's the that's the closest that I've seen to something like that like a, a you know just an enjoyable it's almost like um, running as a holiday rather than you know racing it but I think that sounds amazing yeah I mean the, the it's basically a walking holiday you speed it up a bit Yes. Um, the issue, the issue we always, I always find in Nepal is if, if you try and organise any sort of walking trip, um, no one will ever give you the distance that you want to do. Like yeah. if you arrange, if you arrange any itinerary through any sort of tour company or anything, they'll they'll always give you these measly. It'll, it'll never be enough in terms of distance for yeah, well, someone if, who even just walks fast, let alone runs. Even if you ask for it, or. Even if you ask for it, they'll be very reluctant. They they don't really believe that someone can cover fifty or sixty kilometers in a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and the Jordan Jets, I think they break up the trail into thirty six walking days, um, and that's very again, that's very generous. Like that's walking fifteen to twenty kilometers a day, um, which uh, which might only take you about four hours. Because did you um, have? pre-planned days then yeah so we did it in 12 running days with two rest days um one at Pe- one in petra which is needed in order to see that see the sites properly um mm. and uh, i mean i think if if someone tried to run it as a, in a sort of uh, fastest known time type way they could probably do it in seven or eight days um again that'd be pretty miserable mm. but certainly doing it any time in between 10 and 20 days um 20 days you could do it at a brisk walk 10 days you'd be pushing quite a lot on running but anywhere anywhere in between could be comfortable and enjoyable mm. um i think what they're planning to do which i think will be interesting to see if it works is they want to do it as a 12 12 day stage race um 
but one where you don't need to do all of it. So it's built as sort of 12 individual stages. So you can um, turn up and just do one or... You yeah, yeah you, you could. I mean, I, I guess people living in Jordan, some Jordanians might do one or two. Mm. Um, uh, and then a few people will choose to do all 12 and there'll be a bit of competition for who can do, who can get the best time over the 12 days. But then for others, it'll be more like advertise that you come to Jordan for six weeks and do, do four days running. Um, if there are particular sections that appeal to you for because you're interested in Crusader castles or you're interested in Lawrence of Arabia or whatever it happens to be, you pick different sections. I, um, I, I, I love then, this. I am interested in Crusader yeah. castles. I am interested in <laughs> I am interested in Mediterranean cuisine. What's the what's, what, what, what do they market this as now? What's what's it called? What's the actual race called? Uh, or the, uh, they, I mean, they, they haven't released that. That's for next year. Um, so that they'll, I, I think they're still putting together the details. You've sold um, me on probably, it. You've sold me on it. Where do I, where do I give you my money? This is perfect. <laughs> I love this. I'll keep you posted. But yeah, certainly, um, certainly highly recommended on, um, on, on the full sort of package of, of culture. History. I mean, it, it's a traveling, it's a good, it's a perfect combination of traveling and running. Mm. And until you finish by the sea. Yeah, you finish. You you dive into the Red Sea at the end. Amazing. Um, oh, that's pretty is, cool. That's what you want, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Again, and that's down where, like, uh, that's where Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Israel, and Jordan all meet. Um, yeah, that's it, pretty cool. Uh, but I mean, I must say, like, uh, at the uh, at the end of it, I was disappointed that it had finished, and I. I no matter how much people may pretend, I don't think anyone ever felt like that at the end of a stage race. Like, Which, given the, that you... sheer, the sheer relief of stopping running, yeah, yeah, it, absolutely, is your is your overriding emotion. Yeah, even in the race you enjoyed most, even in your favourite race ever, you still yeah. get to the end and thought, "Thank, thank God, that's over." But given that you were pretty much by yourself, and and I'm assuming weren't communicating that heavily with anyone throughout the running, that's I find that. That quite amazing that you were happy for you wanted more solitude really yeah i mean i listened to i listened to Lawrence of arabia's uh seven pillars of wisdom so i had a few audio books um the support crew some of them spoke quite good english and they were they were really good fun like a bunch of young jordanian guys who just just yeah very lively uh quite entertaining um and uh yeah um i didn't i mean it's quite contemplative. I mean, I, I do think long walks. Um, I'm a big fan of, of long, slow overland travel. Um, I think it really helps to appreciate distances and puts everything in perspective. Um, I think you get to see the sort of uh, incremental changes in culture and scenery and people and um, yeah. as, you, as you travel across. Um, and I think it's also quite, quite sort of therapeutic in the way that I can imagine is probably motivated people to go on pilgrimages or, or do any of these things historically. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of overland cycling, running, walking. Well, so you went and ruined things. it. You went and ruined it, didn't you? We talked about all this wonderful Sorry, thing. I, I, I mentioned the bicycle. <laughs> then he said it. You, what? You're doing so well. So well. So uh, you can edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? So what's next for you then? What? What? Well, yeah. What have you got? You set your uh, set your sights on. I don't know. I mean, that, I must say that that sort of changed my perspective 
um, a little bit like I, I'm definitely more on the lookout for um, interesting places rather than interesting races. Yeah. Like um, uh, if it happens to be that I can, that there's a race, a race is the easiest way of seeing somewhere. Um, what do you need in February? So, so bit. What do you need in February? Don't know. Um, nothing planned. Why? What are you? Um, I'm just trying to think of my geography. Where's Where's Uganda? It's uh, Jesus oh no, it's west. Christ. West. Is well, it? no, you're going to Sierra Leone. It's east. It's east. You guys going back to Sierra Leone? Somaliland. Somaliland. What are you doing in Somaliland? Um, the, the first. Well, I, I'm still late. waiting on. Still waiting on confirmation of my flight, but yeah, the first Somaliland marathon is happening. Is this untamed? This is untamed borders, is it? Do you know them? Yeah, yeah, I've talked to them. I mean, they they do some interesting uh, itineraries and holidays. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's right. Because well, they, they did the Afghanistan one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and they've. So, what, 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 they're looking, they're, looking, they're looking for mindless idiots to pr- help promote their <laughs> yeah, dangerous yeah, races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I must say, like, I, um, I, uh, what was it? That, did you ever see the coverage of the North Korean marathon a couple of years ago? I've seen clips, yeah. I mean, that did looks you, insane. Neither, neither you did it, right? Just before I'm too rude. Well, the, the, thing, I, the thing, I'd never want to give money to yeah. North Korea, but also I, given... Every three seconds, something in my head is enough for me to be put up for life in North Korea. <laughs> so it's it's too big a risk. There was a temptation doing it next year, um, but at the moment, no way. I mean, yeah. I, I I just um, I, I as you sort of alluded to, I, I have slight ethical issues with with funding with, with uh, disaster tourism or, or sort of terrorism tourism or dictatorship tourism or whatever you call it in north korea yeah. but also it, it just seemed so to, to, it, it was so transparent that for a lot of people who did that race the novelty um and the the sort of exclusivity of having done a race in north korea seemed it, to override seemed to override everything else it oh, would yeah. be but if you if if it didn't have the ethical issues it would be pretty amazing i mean the in fact i was Jesus. It would be no, say say that he was a good guy, but he was. <laughs> yeah, but then there wouldn't be any, it wouldn't be as interesting to go to, would it? No, but but say it was someone like Bhutan, where everyone in the country. I mean, that's kind of a dictatorship, but it's a dictatorship where the national um, standings are measured by happiness, and something like that. In, in a, if it could be in a positive way, would be stated because there's a photo. I was with a guy called Nick who does impact math and um, yeah. Seems, so I was running with him last week, and he there's a photo he had where he is he's running in the finish of that stadium, and it's a full stadium of people screaming for him running. <laughs> and he I don't know what time he'd have run, but maybe sub four, maybe not. You know, he's it's not like he's winning the thing. Do you think? And, do you think yeah, it takes think... away from the feeling if you if you know they're going to if you know that they, they know that they're going to get shot yeah. if they stop cheering if they're petrified like... <laughs> if they're, they're screaming for their lives? I, I think we all know that even if I know that's true, by the time that happens to me, I'm going to think it's for me. <laughs> They've heard of the podcast. They've come to cheer me in, my people. Hey, yes, yes, fine. I deserve this, finally, finally. But, I mean, that, that's the thing. It would, I think that would be an incredible experience. But, yeah, obviously, 
massive, massive issues with the the moral side of things. Well, also, I mean, I think they like the question marks over how much you really learn about North Korea from visiting North Korea. Like, if, you, if you went and, if you went and hung out with with the the exiles in South Korea, um, you'd probably learn far more about what really goes on. Whereas, in fact, but the fact if you think you've got these minders within one one hour with one of those minders, I would find so fascinating just to be able to ask them more and more questions that would be weird and then slightly personal and then slightly um bizarre yeah, and just you would definitely get locked up or kicked out within like a day what's yeah, what's, that... what's hashtag me too in uh, korean but <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, anyway so, so you're going to somaliland or yeah, if you fancy it. Well, not 100% yet, but I'm just waiting on flight confirmation from Ethiopian Airlines. And um, they don't seem to do any work, the, the marketing. I shouldn't what, say that. What, might, it, what it, I like about this is that he, every time someone comes on a podcast, he invites them to Somaliland. I've, I've still not got an invitation yet. <laughs> He's literally invited everybody we've interviewed on this, on this trip to Somaliland. No, I, I, but that's, I, that's too much concentration, Jodie. You can't both go. I know. Cause... Yeah, I know. We can't travel right. together. That's the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, last time with Sierra Leone, and, uh, look what well, happened. Look what happened after that. Yeah, exactly. That, you guys did the the marathon there a while back, right? That was where you met. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that um, quite? So that's no, it's not nitty. I mean, that's worth. Well, doing. I, I, I worked in Sierra Leone for a bit, so I spent a, a bit of time out there. I never managed to do the marathon, but um, uh, we did. Um, we did go from uh, Freetown to Monrovia um, uh, on um, uh, bicycles at one point. Wow. Okay. I mean, given that, I mean, they that's hard. Any any roads don't really exist over there um, at all after a certain bit. Even getting to McKenney, where the marathon was, we were having yeah. to go off road. Off road was the road. Yeah, nothing. Nothing really exists over there, does it? That's it. <laughs> that, that's the general theme. But that's yeah. getting quite big. I mean, they've done a really amazing job, haven't they, of of, of turning that into a into a big event? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think yeah. Sierra Leone saw the greatest uh, increase in tourism anywhere in the world in percentage terms last year. Oh, um, brilliant! Okay. Because it went up from like five to like a few hundred. Um, no, I mean like, the, the numbers were very small, but well, they had like a. Well, if you post Ebola, they had, they had zero, like a seventy yeah. percent increase. Well, um, yeah, but I, I think a significant chunk of that revolves around the marathon. Well, I think a significant yeah. chunk of that is around the fact that Bad Boy, Bad Boy Running Podcast, um, uh, we we pretty much support uh, Street Child and uh, a lot of. We're the, five uh, people. We're those, we were the five. Yeah, exactly. That's the That's impact it. of. A Street but Child going to start marathons anywhere else, or is that? Well, they, they're, they're actually um, interesting from, from your background. They have been partnering with Impact Marathon Series in Nepal. So oh, right. they're not organising that one, but they are taking a lot of their supporters out there. And, but they, they're not organising it. So that might be quite good then. <laughs> the best of both worlds. They, you get, they get the money for the charity without necessarily the, uh, the awful logistics. But... Um, <laughs> I think they only really want to do events in countries where they're they're actually hosting for money. Yeah, and so they 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 do a lot of work in Liberia now. So I, I think there's talk of doing something there. 
I think they're um, all Liberia. The same. I mean, I, I worked in Liberia for a while. Liberia is like absolute shithole. I mean, none of the none of none of the redeeming charm of Sierra Leone. I think it's also a. Isn't it still? Is it Charles? Whatever his name is, it's still a dictatorship. Well, I mean, the the the, the sort of running joke in Liberia is if Charles Taylor stood, he would definitely get elected. Um, yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, he can't stand because he's in prison in Durham. Um, <laughs> But oh, his, okay. his his wife is on the ticket with George Weir. George Weir, George Weir. <laughs> George really? George Weir is, is in the presidential runoff in a couple of weeks. Amazing. Wow. Um, so it's, it's George Weir and Charles Taylor's ex-wife. I think I'm, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Are uh, they now together? Which is, which is one one hell of a ticket. Like <laughs> you could have made a, you could have made a scoring joke there, couldn't you, or something? Yeah. That is true, we're, but we're we're a sophisticated podcast. No, that's without any doubt. But they were, um, I think they're now going into to Nigeria, so it wouldn't surprise me if they started to potentially have a a Nigeria marathon again. Nigeria, I'm not sure there are going to be that many great places. I spent I spent two years living there, and um, they uh, we did one race in in southern Nigeria, which um, was a 13 kilometer uphill race, um, and the Whoa. Nigerian government. Well, I mean, it, it was like a thousand meter climb. Right? Okay, so just it was thirty. Only but, uphill. But, uh, mostly uphill, but a thousand meters over thirteen kilometers. So, okay. um, yeah, yeah. anyway, the Nigerian government did what the Nigerian government did with it. They wanted to promote tourism, um, so they put quarter of a million dollars of prize money up. Jesus. I mean, like, I mean, like, they, like, I, I, I think for the few years that it happened, it must have been the most lucrative race in the world. A quarter of a million. Like, wow. <laughs> And it still it still had the organisational standards of like um, a village five k of Edinburgh of Edinburgh yeah Edinburgh Marathon was it won by somebody just ran the for the last kilometre then no, no I mean like, uh, they um they basically as soon as they put the money up they got a uh, team a team of about twenty East African former Olympians yeah. um coming yeah. coming over to do it. Um, so they're, they're all the guys who were in the Olympics like five, ten years ago and are no longer winning road marathons around the world, but um, will definitely travel yeah. across Africa for a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then there's another one down there. There's, have you guys come across the Mount Cameroon Race of Hope? No. No. That's, um, that's one you might want to look at. If you're in for sort of, in for sort of quirky and uh, slightly outlandish um, races, uh, that's it's up Mount Cameroon, which is the biggest mountain in in West Africa. Um, and I I never managed to do that, but it's meant to be really good fun. And how many? I mean, how, how high is it? How many people do it? Oh, it's um, four and a half thousand meters, five thousand meters, maybe. It, it's a serious it's a serious mountain. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, I think I think certainly for locals, there's quite a big purse, so um, they take it very seriously. My uh, God, four and a half thousand meters in one go. Well, so, I mean, that, so that's how high the mountain is. Um, oh, okay, okay. You, you might not have the full amount of climb, but it's yeah. um, it's pretty savage. It's, it's up and down, and I think you get you can the weather can be quite bad, and the organisation is not going to help you at all. Um, so yeah, uh, that was one I sort of missed out on when I was over in West Africa. But and is is the have, plan now that you're all, are you planning on holidaying local? I guess. Yeah, I think so. Like I've, I've taken a few trips. I, I think I do need to knuckle down. Um, we're, uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of work to be done next year uh, with my new job. 
but um, I'll definitely try and do as many races as I can in, in East Africa and maybe Somalia, Somaliland. Um, yeah. But um, in the, there's, there's no shortage of fun places to run um, in Uganda, Rwanda, Congo, um, Kenya. So I'll, I'll try and do some stuff around here. Um, are you doing are you doing comrades next year? Yeah, yeah, Claire and I are going down together. Yeah, can't wait. Should be should well, we're gonna, we're training hard for it, but we're doing the Jody, are you you're not doing comrades. No, no, I'm not. No. But uh, Jody is going sub four at London no at Brighton. At Brighton in yeah. the spring. Woo. Cool. But uh, I mean it's not, I think it might be too late, but if you want to join us for comrades, if you can wangle a, a a pass we'll be there with Camille who was interviewed a few weeks ago who won the, the women's last year yeah and I I mean unless she breaks a leg or something, you're, you're going to get quite competitive aren't you because they've got that medal system yeah that, I mean that's what's great about it I think all races should do that what, what is it you're seven and a half you have to do to get a silver a yeah. bronze or like so seven then... yeah seven and a half for silver and I think it's under six and a half for it's not a gold. It's a uh, named after someone. But the, the the thing is that there's a guy in my club who has, does it every year, and he's got a, a time of about six fifty, and that seems pretty aggressive. I don't know if I could do that, but I need to be as I need to do at least seven thirty because he he he's done that, um, and I'd like to be as close to him as possible just because it will really piss him off. Have you, um, is it up or down? Down, yeah. Down, yeah. So, so, so you're going to go all that way, do that run, and then people, people, you're going to tell people about it, and they're like, oh, well, it was down, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's two miles longer. Two miles longer, okay. Yeah. You've, you've already got your response prepared. I know, you're already making excuse, getting your excuses in early there. <laughs> well, actually, um, people say that the down year is harder no um, one says the down year is harder don't give that bullshit <laughs> you say you say the yeah yeah i say the down year. <laughs> some people you, some experts some experts and comrades if you think about long races though the down the downhill bit hurts by the end hurts more than the uphill yeah, yeah but that's when you're talking about like proper mountain races not bloody comrades yeah this is like a mountain race oh, on a road like <laughs> Have, uh, 4, have, you read, have you read Ghost Runner? Actually, the, it's sat in front of me at the moment. I, I was, we need to talk about that on the podcast, but I'm not far enough into it. I'm about the first third. But is, is it good? Yeah, actually, I was just going to recommend it because he spent some time in South Africa. Yeah, it, it sounds um, like an amazing book. It, 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 it's a good read if you're definitely if you're going going down there for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, com- comrades became big. One of the reasons comrades are so big, right, is because um, during apartheid, they had no other sporting events. Is that right? Is the only race blacks were allowed to do? No, I mean not not just for, for that, but because oh, I see uh, they, weren't ta- they weren't they were banned from everything, they, weren't they? Yeah, they didn't have international they didn't have international rugby matches or cricket matches yeah. or the Olympics or any of this stuff. Um, so comrades who sort of had a a much bigger um, uh, status than it would have done. It wasn't overshadowed by any of them. Whereas, like, the Great North Run is never quite going to compete with the, all, all the other sporting events that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually, it's, um, if you're, it's almost a curse if you're South African because my friend Gavin, who I think he's planning on doing it next year, he's, 
uh, he has run last. He's run a two fifty two marathon, and he's fifty five, which is incredible. But if you speak to a South African, they couldn't. They're like, "What you've run a, It's like telling someone you've no, they're, run they're, a, they're like, "Yeah, my my aunt did that last week." Um, well, like it's, they wouldn't even it's, know. It, it's nuts. It's like the, saying uh, you've run a 14K to someone over here. Like, you've run a 14K. Well, what's your comrade's time? That's all they yeah, care but, about. Both the, but, but not just comrades, but like in just the general environment of um, uh, of sporting achievement is insane. Yeah. Like, and, and that almost being, fits being being going. Doing an Ironman is, is just not even, not even commented on. Yeah. I, as it, yeah. And, that, and that's how it should be. As it should, <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so when i get my comrades tattoo <laughs> just to uh to shave the eye then but um well yeah but if, so you've got no races lined up essentially you've got nothing actually there's a chance i might go back to china um for there's a um, for, for the celebrity it's like the, the well, homecoming absolutely <laughs> uh, they've got a hundred i think i I've, i'm not going to do any more um Single stage races that are, that are um, too long because I think I'll just get the same entry. But they've, yeah. they've got a, what's meant to be an incredibly beautiful hundred miler um, on the border with Burma. Um, oh wow! Mount, Ga- Mount Gaoligong. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, and that that's um, uh, that's also that's a UTMB race. Um, so that's one where they've partnered with UTMB, um, and uh, it's it's. I've heard great things about it. So I, Let I me know about that one. I'd be dead keen. Myanmar is incredible. Yeah. So if it's around there, just the food alone is worth going and, for. So. And, of, and of course, you, you, it's always a good chance you'll podium. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have you, um, um, have you had, uh, over these two races, I think it's a question I always wanted to ask, have you picked up any like, wacky or weird trinkets? during jordan or in the race in china trinkets like, yeah or just like local lo- lo- have you been given any local gifts any local awards that are just just so different to anything you get over here uh not really i was given like uh, i was given some some slab of perspex to say that i was the first person to run the jordan trail um and uh in China, I, I was given a um, a cloak in China. That is cool. What are you, Doctor Strange? Oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty um, pretty wacky dressing gown. Is what it's being used for at the moment. But, so, uh, so it is wearable. Is it something you could ever wear out? Well, it depends who you are. It's something you could probably wear yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I, I don't think there are many things that David wouldn't wear out. <laughs> People are just happy when I'm clothed. That's the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got you got a winner's uh, finisher's cloak. Yeah. Um, oh, why is that? Do you wear that? that in China? No, I, I think that would have been. I didn't quite have the courage to to walk around. Why do they make more finishers cloaks? That would yeah. just be wonderful. It's like it was almost it's almost like a um a, a dry robe but 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 more luxurious and like you expect a sort of a velvety regal thing, wouldn't you? Yeah. Cloak. Absolutely. But I like the idea of of when you turn around and they put it over your shoulders and it's <laughs> didn't, yeah, they do, even... didn't they do that when with um uh oh, what's the name of the uh, cycling drugs cheat um British guy? 
didn't he have Bradley Wiggins? Yeah, didn't he have something like that when he uh, <laughs> when he won the Olympics? Didn't they put a cloak around him and he sat on a throne or something? I'm sure he did. Probably did for an advert for, yeah. for someone or other. But um, but anyway, well, 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 thank you so much for coming on, um, Alfred. If people want to get in touch, if they want to follow you to see your future endeavours, things like that, what's what's the best way of them getting um, in touch? About once a month, I post on Instagram. Um, that's better than ours better than our Instagram uh, yeah. <laughs> um, at, at Jog and Alfie um, and then I've started um, I've started using Strava as of as of Jordan I managed to put up I consolidated the entire 650 kilometre route into one Strava I saw um, that I, I think I kudosed it I, uh... yeah, yeah you might have done <laughs> um, so yeah I, mean, I, I put some stuff on Strava and then you know I write the occasional piece for the Guardian Wonderful. Um, well, but certainly, if I if I do more more running around uh, East Africa next year, um, I'll try and try and do more writing. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on. I, it's it's as interesting as I expected. And if um if you do fancy Somaliland, let me know. But also, let me know about your future challenges because the podcast will be interested. But if you ever need anybody to come along, they sound brilliant. They sound such fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you have to come out to Uganda. If, I, if either of you guys want to fancy a, um, a running or otherwise related holiday, then uh, give me a shout. Um, Perfect. And yeah, I, I hope to see you in, in Somaliland. Definitely. Brilliant. Thanks, Alfie. Cool. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, man. Speak Bye. to you soon. Bye. All right. I'm so doing that race because I want to be famous in China. Oh, it'd be cool, wouldn't it? I, we, we need to find... Other, oh, no, we talked about this, didn't we? Being famous in Albania. Um, well, that's what the Shutterstock's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, it all ties in. How do we? Yeah, how do we get? Fa- I suppose um, the uh, the gang who've just gone to Mongolia are probably pretty famous in Mongolia now. Well, I mean, they, they know the the foreign ministers. They know. I, I assume they've met quite a few dignitaries. But I think, but isn't isn't the population of Mongolia like wasn't they all in that room? <laughs> <laughs> but the. I just love the idea of, I mean, for, for one, I, I find it, I love running in places that aren't used to running um, yes. and, and running's new and exciting. And so, but I mean, he was there, I think probably at the peak of that race. Yeah. Cause the thing is when you go, um, I mean, something like ultra running, uh, it's, it's a uniquely Western thing, isn't it? Yeah. In the way that it is. I mean, I'm sure, I know that it's been done through, you know, generations and things like that and it wasn't called ultra and things, but it's a uniquely Western thing of going to an inhospitable environment um, and running in it and then all the locals going, why the F are you running in this environment for fun? Yeah. You know, yeah. We have to walk in this bastard heat every day. Why are you doing this? Or, um, and so, and so, yeah, so it must, you know, like, like you say, it, it's, you know, I suppose in a lot of places you pioneer it um, and then the local population get involved and it inspires them. Like, well, I've done with things like the MDS and, um, and other races like that. So eventually, like you say, then everyone's going to pile in. They're going to get some like incredible, incredible runners who are going to go it. And then, you know, you won't be able to, you won't be able to get the fame that you used to. Well, that's why I'm, that's partly why I'm going to Somaliland. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be their first ever marathon. And how many chances are you going to get to, do well in a marathon in africa yeah that's a good point that's a really good point unless you run in somewhere like tunisia algeria syria yeah but Tunis- um, yeah but they're all they're all good aren't they 
They they are, but I I think if you went there now, um, I well certainly Syria, um, but Syria, yeah, I don't think there's many. Yeah, there there are. If you if you go and do a marathon in these places, a lot of the time the locals who are serious runners won't necessarily enter because for them there's not there's no prize money, and they're tr- they'd rather run New York um, or Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, so you mean? But I love the fact that. See what what I really like about Avi's tale is so many people were are wondering what to do, like what, how to do something interesting, and you hear of these these great situations, and you're like, oh, you bastard, how'd you do that? But he just emailed Jordan and said, I want to run your trail, and he emailed Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> just, <going> <laughs> <laughs> just the whole country. Hey guys! Hey guys! It wouldn't be at jordan.com, would it? It'd be at jordan.jn or something like that. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he just happened to email them and said, I want to run this amazing trail. And suddenly he's the guest of honour of the foreign, you know, the, the, the foreign Office. And the fact he's, he's got his own chaperone, his own chauffeurs and things, and his own – it just sounds incredible. And no one will ever be able to have that experience ever again in Jordan. Yeah. And I love that idea that – I think people should start doing that. Just find a country, find a trail, find some mountains, whatever it is you think looks interesting, and then – Similar to how I'm doing it with Somaliland, where I've, I've written to Ethiopian Airlines and they've given me free flights because I'm going to write for them. Um, that's just based on pure blagging. Same with, same with, um, with Alfie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I love that. So I think people should start – I mean, I don't know which countries are left that you think could be good for trails, but um, certainly next year, my plan is to do something similar. Yeah, it's a good idea. And it makes it so much more interesting. And, and, and especially as I, I thought it was great the way he, he, it sounded like he experienced something completely new doing that type of run because he yeah. wasn't racing. It was purely for the pleasure of it. And I don't think I've ever gone and just done something, just done running, just for the loveliness. Have you not? It's always, I mean, I, I enjoy runs often, but I've never been, hey, how about we just go and do well, short runs and things like that? Yes, but I've never been out and said, hey, I'm just going to run the Pennines Way or I'm just going to do the Spine or, or wh- whatever distance it may be. But to go out and run 20, 30 miles a day, multiple days, it's only happened in races. Yeah. Have you then? Well, I well like when I did the MTS, I, I didn't exactly push myself. I enjoyed mm. it. I, I had, I had a, I, it was always my aim to enjoy it and to be in good enough fitness for it to never be an issue. And I would say I enjoyed it. I could have pushed myself, but w- what would I have done? Improved my place by hundred places or something? Would it have been worth yeah. it? Yeah. Well, would it have been worth it? I don't know. I, I had an amazing time. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the scenery and I enjoyed stopping and taking photos and talking to people. And it was just that I liked the whole experience of it, which, you know. Yeah, that's I know, true. I know for like, for, for like purists and stuff like that, that's not, that's not um, uh, so good. But, you know, if you're, if you're running in, uh, in places like that, I don't, I, you know, I'm never going to come first. So if you're not going to come first, what's the, what's the benefit of coming higher up if you uh and, and not enjoying it 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I need, I need to have that challenge there or else I won't train hard. As soon as I don't need to train. But if you enjoy it, you don't have to train as hard. Yeah, but I'd probably end up doing nothing. That's the trouble. As yeah. soon as I, as soon as I don't have to do something, I won't. Yeah. See, that sounds perfect. <laughs> You've yeah. got your training the wrong way around, man. Yeah, I probably yeah, do. That's it. Probably why I'm just collapsing after ten. <laughs> exactly. I know. Just ease, ease your way. Say, oh, I'm enjoying it. I'm doing it all for the enjoyment because I love running and I love like you know make excuses to talk to people on the trail on trail and stuff like that go oh, I'm just I'm standing here having a conversation you know this is what it's all about man this is all about and the people are going just leave me alone I'm trying to race and you're just like no no, no no really I'm really knackered please talk to me so I can walk <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh what's that you're stopping let me help you yeah no no yeah that's it you get to that situation where you're on one of those ultras and you're just like Please, please say that you need to walk now. Please say that you need to walk now so I can have an excuse to walk. Oh, I'll walk with you. Oh, if, you if you're slowing down, I'll walk with you. Yeah, that's fine. And, and Claire often races with a friend of hers, and she said that when they did late Sunday together that she'd always be stopping the, uh, her friend. Would, she, oh, she's getting a camera out for this. Oh, she just she wanted to put a layer back on. Oh, she wanted to put a layer off. And it was just so many times it was clearly just she wanted to stop but didn't want to have to admit that she wanted a little break. Oh, it's that word. It's that horrible situation where you are desperate. Like so, um, I remember last time I did the uh, the Downsling Ultra. Um, it had been it been a while since I'd done an ultra and everything, and and it's quite yeah. flat. So you have no real excuse not to not to run. And uh, it got to that point where I'm like, all right, I just want to stop. I just want to stop. And you get to these points where you're crossing roads, and you know how like when you're in a rush. You never get the lights, like you never get all the green, you know, the green man and thing like that. It's like every single time we came to yeah. the road, it was perfect. Like <laughs> there's no excuse for stopping. And you're like, <laughs> fuck you, lights. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, there's an article that I thought would be, it was really interesting. And it's, it's, it's almost not New Year anymore. So I thought we'd discuss it now. Oh, okay. Before it's too late. Um, right, I'm going to send it across to you on Skype so you can see it as well. But basically, Runners World have yeah. done their top articles of the year. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's necessarily based on um, what they think is the best one. I think it's just based on numbers, the ones that are actually the most popular. Oh, okay, okay. Well, so, um, it, does that not mean it's the best? Mm, uh, mm, num data doesn't lie. So, uh, well, segueing with no context in uh, similarity to this story at all. That was a great seg. Oh, yeah. we're, segging, we're segging badly. Here we go. Yeah, here's just a terrible seg, but I'm crowbarring this in there. But basically, but before it becomes too out of date... Um, I thought it was quite interesting. Runnersworld.com, uh, the American one, they've announced their um, most popular running articles of the year. And it's really interesting because, I mean, what, what would you expect the top ones to be? Um, the um, attempt at um, uh, sub uh, two hour marathon. Yeah. You expect that to be the top one by a long way. Abs I mean, that, that's, that's the biggest thing in running this year without a doubt um you've got to say and, and it's on there but um, but but the thing is with that is that other news outlets 
may have covered that in so much detail that you wouldn't necessarily need to go to Runner's World to see it. Whereas I think if you know people probably watch that on TV and and, and everything else, and you, I don't know whether Runner's World was, um, you know, it sometimes might not have been quick enough. Sometimes might not have been quick enough. <laughs> it, it, some, sometimes when um, uh, those those type of stories break through into the mainstream media. Um, it, I don't know. Maybe it takes some of the traffic. That's that's the only explanation I can think of. It, it's not that, is it? That's not the top one. Let's have a look. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. And um, so the first two. <laughs> I would never guess that. <laughs> so number one, well, is dude in business suit crashes New York course half in record time. Well, that's surprising. That's surprising. I don't. I, why? Yeah. Why is that? Oh no! Wait a minute. That's it. So, but that's in March, though, isn't it? So that's been on. That's been online for a long time. It has, but I, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine many people are going to go back to. To the Kipchoge one, now maybe they will, but I'd imagine the shelf life for these articles is ninety-five percent of the traffic happens in the first six weeks or so. Um, but yeah, that was that was the number one article of the year. Number two, nearly naked caveman crushes Boston Marathon. All right, so that's obviously you've got nearly naked in the headline, so that's impossible not to click through to that to, to <laughs> see. He looks a badass though, doesn't he? I mean, he, he really does. does. Look, he looks he quality. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they're they're non articles in many ways. Like the the near naked caveman is just a man dressed as a caveman. He's a fifty year old software engineer. Um, on race morning, he adopts his prehistoric alter ego. It's like it's not as if he's just done this this once. That's what he always does. He always <laughs> turns up to races, and he's barefoot. I didn't notice that. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, fair play. And then number three, um, Seattle runner attacked mid run, fought like hell to defeat God, her offender. I think we mentioned this at the was, time. Was that the one? Yeah, that was uh, shared everywhere, wasn't it? Because it yeah, had, uh, yeah. I mean, that was an amazing article because you could see her Strava and the fact that she, I mean, it clearly, this, the GPS went crazy, but you can just see her running around all these areas. And um, But it, I just think it's really interesting that those are the top three. And we all, we, but we started off the podcast because we were fairly disillusioned with the standard of writing in um, running magazines. Yeah. Because it was all guff. It was all this. It was all cyclical. If anything, yeah. It was just the same content that they try and get people to sign up to run as well yeah. when they're training for a marathon, and then after a year and a half, they know people just cancel the subscription because they've not much changes in running. No. So, I mean, it, this is the the. Um, I mean, this is clickbait of in running now it seems to be successful which is really disappointing in some ways that those articles um those articles have been the most successful ones for them they've made them the most money and they're the ones that have don't inspire well maybe they do inspire some people but for me uh, i i'd be bored i'd be bored of reading it or it's it's it's, it's an article that could be written in two lines what are you talking about it's like it's complete color it's that that's what people like it's like oh, it's showing like the personality behind it i mean like it's where was that was the breaking two in there at all breaking two is in fourth yeah i mean yeah which 
and I'm not saying that should necessarily be first, um, but the story that some guy in a, in a suit runs a marathon quickly is probably true in every marathon. Yeah, but there must be the, the thing is this is just you know there there must be something oh there must have been like no other news like in that six week period or something or it must have just been something that was I, I don't think that's a, like a real reflection of of of, of people's interests. Interestingly, number six is after nine years of our period, I've stopped running. Now, that is a really interesting article. And one that we are in no place uh, to comment on. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine if nine years of that, you would stop running. I'd have thought two, two months of that you'd stop running. But um, look wow. at the next one. The next one, 23 social media posts that show how insane the Barkley Marathons is. Come on, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And the um, <laughs> next Gary one... Robbins lying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Julia Hawkins, a 101-year-old who is recently taking up competitive running. Now, that is a good oh, no. And a 99-year-old upsets 92-year-old in thrilling sprints. Come on, how can you not? <laughs> These are clearly... This is... What, what I find interesting about your comment is like you're saying the serious... <laughs> The serious running uh, news um, isn't at the top. It's more um, people either being controversial or do something colourful and interesting. What exactly have we based the podcast on? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's the fact that the first two, the, those to me are none stories whatsoever. Oh, no, I okay, love, okay. Yeah, because it's essentially someone runs in fancy dress. And if you think every single London marathon, there's going to be 10 world records that go. Some of them in very fast times, some of them in less so, some of them in quite silly outfits, some of them in outfits that are essentially just running. And so to have the top two articles, what is a, um, a page nine on, of Metro on the Monday after the London marathon? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, to have those, those are the top two articles. And like, like these ones, like the 99-year-old upset 92. That's brilliant. I mean, the photo itself is incredible. If, you, if, you, if you're by computer people, Google 99-year-old upsets 92-year-old in thrilling sprint. And it looks like they're stationary. <laughs> I mean, that is amazing. So, but I just thought it was really interesting, actually, that the articles I thought would be of interest on and actually yeah but there's lots i mean there's lots of there's lots of different things that can affect it because most of that stuff's going to be shared through social media and you know you just never know what what you know what happens between you know for like the facebook algorithm algorithm from one week to another so it you know it the fact that that's top i'm not sure that that really proves anything i can see why the nearly naked caveman almost is because it's got the word nearly naked it's impossible because visually that's 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 funny but like yeah like you said the suit guy is just a guy in a suit yeah but and I'm, what i'm interested now is whether because my fear is that that's actually going to have quite an impact on runners world they're obviously a business and especially online the magazine they there is a pressure to deliver certain monthly columns and to to, you know deliver quality content the good thing about online though you can just do a whole you know whole pile of guff and see what sticks because that's it isn't it that's that's essentially what it is that's essentially what 
what a lot of people do, not naming any particular um, running uh, magazine. But so my my fear is now that they're going to change actually how they um, change their editorial so that they think no one really cares about proper running. Let's just do pictures of people dressed in silly stuff, you know, vaguely related to running some way. Because um, I do think we still need it is good to have journalists out there who are actually writing good copy about new ten- technological breakthroughs or analysing. Um, new nutrition or or you know things along those lines and my fear is that runner's world is just going to end up being like the daily express where everything is about nudity or um, pictures of men or women who are very attractive um and just be too clickbait to be fair i think it would improve it oh <laughs> brutal, brutal. Uh, I mean, like, like, so basically when it was all serious we were like oh yeah it's boring because it repeats the same old thing uh, uh, you know because fundamentally how much is really changing in running i mean like you have a bit of new technology every now and then and there's some there's a few nutritional things some and, but the thing is there's such a massive avalanche of like research that ends up not actually making any difference to running whatsoever like, yeah. only occasionally do you get something so i don't know how about uh, you know i how much how much information do people really get from magazine? Why do people why do people um, stop reading the magazine? And uh, you know they buy it for like what's it called? Is it eight or nine months or something? That's a normal um, uh, period that someone buys a, a, a running magazine when they're either a beginner yeah. or something. Where yeah, I they think get, they, they, they buy it for reassurance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it. Or, or, or marathon training plans or, or whatever, um, yeah. and a, you know kit advice and, and and stuff like that. Where, where do they get their information after that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if you us, go on to... Us, my friends, that's <laughs> him. <laughs> well, if you go on to Real Buzz, or not, no, The Running Bug, yeah. if you go on to their social media pages, um, their Facebook account, um, it's the, so their, The Running Bug is, I, I guess they're just a running community. Uh, yeah, it's, and, it's all, it's all um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, like blogs that people are doing voluntarily. Um, mm. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's any paid content on there, is there? It's like, but, it's like po for running. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's similar to that. But if you go on their, their Facebook, all of their posts are a picture of a dog going, me without coffee. Or <laughs> just that's any old shit. Sh- honestly, any old shit not related in any way to running. Or it might be, but it will be the, just a one-line really crap joke. <laughs> that people share with their friends going, you like coffee? You've got a dog? <laughs> and that is literally all they do as their social media. And that and it gets, it gets so many retweets and it gets so many likes. And it just angers me that this is a running, running uh, website, which is clearly just following it's numbers. It's a commercial entity, my friend. That's exactly what it is. It's all it, based. It's all based on data and numbers. That's exactly. It. Why does that surprise you? But it, it is. But there's no. You know. But does if, anyone if, go? Oh, I'm going to get all of my running advice from Running Bug, or they're going to go? I am casually. I want to. I want to signal that I'm a runner, so I will go on Running Bug. I don't. Is that where people get? I'm not. I'm not doing that down. But I'm like, is that where people get serious advice from? Yeah, I think they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't mean it. Like- I think whatever people are reading, if it's running related, that's probably where they get their 
that's their source of it's like i suppose it's like a um if you have you're not a member of a running club it's suppose i suppose it's sort of like your running club online isn't it um, yeah. Or, yeah either that or facebook groups and you'll see what people are posting and um anyway facebook group. I, so um i need to talk to you about something because yes. um you you touched on it very briefly there and again it's related to a uh, magazine article um i yeah. was looking around for tips on how to run a sub four hour marathon yeah. Um, so I just want to uh, run this by you to see whether you agree with um, some of these <laughs> some of these things. Wait a minute. Let me just let me just post it. Is this real buzz, perchance? It is real buzz. How did you guess? <laughs> How did you guess? So they've narrowed down the most important things to remember about running a sub four marathon. The most important Brilliant. four things. And to be fair, um, we've we've talked about it. You've talked about what I need to do to do for four hour mark. Um, and you know what? You've not really mentioned any of these. Um, you know, I mean, we're quite a way out. Um, maybe I thought you weren't ready for it. Maybe, maybe I wasn't. Um, I, I just, I think what it seems with this um, was that this is tips on how to run a sub four hour marathon. But it's for you if you've turned up at a marathon and decided I'm going to run this sub four without any real Training, so you turn up on the day. You turn up on the day and you think, okay, if I want to decide to run a sub four hour marathon, this is what I need to do. <laughs> Which is a lot of people. <laughs> Which is probably, it probably is a lot of people. <laughs> or, or no, actually, no, it's a few days before. This is like a few days before you're like, you're going, okay, I've got, I've got a marathon booked. Um, do you know what? I fancy running it sub four. What do I need to do, Real Buzz? So it doesn't <laughs> give you any, any advice of what you should be doing um like more than two days out from it so there's no training advice no there's no training advice this is all advice just for um uh, just for literally two days two days out it's the two days out plan okay okay so so there's there's four bits of advice and i I don't think on their own they're not they're not particularly bad um i just i wonder that there is probably more to be had in terms of um giving uh, giving advice so so the first thing is taper okay Okay, it's good to, advice. You need to taper. Um, yeah. So that's it. Your last workout should be 10 days before the race. Fuck it. I'm three days away from the race. Too late. Okay. Carbo charge. Good advice again. Good, good advice, advice again. Good advice. Good advice. Stick to your guns and nail your pace judgment. Stick to your guns. What does that mean? I don't really know. So I, don't go off too fast. Is that Maybe it means that? I don't know. It seems to be funny that if someone is is only just thinking about doing a sub four hour marathon, um, like a week out, um, they've not really been thinking about their pace at all um, at any point up until the point that, that marathon's <laughs> run. So I don't nope. really know. It seems to be like you haven't thought about this at all in the uh, 16 weeks uh, getting to this point. But now stick to your guns. And so, so what's the last one? The, the one that's really going to get us to uh, to that three fifty nine finish. Stay positive. <laughs> Stay positive. <laughs> it's true. I mean, they, they mean mid race. Uh, he says, use some positive self talk. The thing is, I've got to say, on the marathon, the main thing I see people do is swearing. What? You, I never see people like, yeah, yeah. People tend to be like fuck or just really really negative it was just so it says <laughs> it just talks about these uh these, these positive um, mantras that you have to do you can develop a positive mantra that you can repeat to yourself throughout the race okay that makes sense 
Choose a word that you can identify with. Now, one of these words, if someone was running along saying this word in a positive way, I'd, I'd run a mile from them. It could be something like relax, <laughs> strong, or smooth. <laughs> so you just say that one word again and again and again. Smooth, smooth, <laughs> smooth, <laughs> smooth. What? Can you imagine someone running along saying that? <laughs> smooth, relax. Imagine if some twat came up to you and started going, relax. Relax, relax. Just, when, I'm, when I'm walking down the street, I am saying to myself, smooth. smooth. I'm thinking, no, no, so you look at yourself, look at yourself in reflection on stuff. Reflection <laughs> on cars, smooth. You see, I've, I've actually got an article myself, which I think, if combined with your article, would be the complete package. Okay, because I don't, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that article. I just think it's a bit weird that your yeah. tips running a sub four hour marathon don't include anything to do with training for a sub four hour <laughs> marathon. Yeah, it's just on the day. To, it's like the don't eat broccoli before a marathon. Do you think they put that out on the day of the marathon for uh, people I, who would panic? Now, let me. Is there a date on this? It it wouldn't surprise me if that's exactly what they did. Like people like the night before. It's like you know, uh, you know, after the Brexit vote, people, yeah, you know, the day after Brexit, people said, you know, that they found typing in what is the EU and stuff <laughs> like, or, or what is Brexit. It might be the same thing. They're expecting, you know, there's going to be a massive surge on the morning of the marathon. Um, people asking, how do I run a sub four hour marathon? Which would be a very, it's a very British thing to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> no preparation. It, I'll wing it. It's when you wake up with a hangover. That's when you're Googling it, because you've made the bet in the pub the night before. <laughs> That's when it dawns on you. Oh, God, what did I do last night? Oh, no. Okay, how hard is that? Oh, God. Oh, boy. But thankfully, they've got an article saying, Marathon Motivation, how to stick to six-month training plan. So what do you think the first point is? How to stick to a self- um it's going to be something like commit it's better than that and this this is a good point get a training plan (laughs) (laughs) i I wasn't (laughs) that's true you can't commit to nothing can you you can't commit to thin air now now once you've got your plan what do you think number two is uh heading Um, number two Choose a race. Stick to your plan. (laughs) (laughs) So the article about to stick to a training plan is get a plan, stick to the plan. (laughs) I mean, it's simplicity. (laughs) I mean, actually, something philosophically, there is quite something quite quite nicer. How do I run a sub four hour marathon? Sign up for a marathon, run it under four hours. (laughs) Fuck yeah, you're right. Yeah, we, we could just do a whole series of bad boy running blogs and like just how to do. <laughs> yeah, and we'll just do it for each time. How to run a sub two? How to run a two? A two and <laughs> <Sub> five. <man. laughs> but the the trouble is with with. Um, Sorry, is that it? Is that the entirety of the of the feature? To to be fair to the feature, it does then go on to to say lots of other points. But I just love the fact that number two was stick to your plan. 
up against Johnny. <laughs> everything after that, if you've done number two, everything else just uh, <laughs> no, it's like, it's unnecessary. It? <laughs> yeah, it's like going how to have the motivation to uh, to stick with intervals, and you're like one, have motivation. <laughs> it's like yeah, but that's the issue, man. That's the yeah, issue. Motivation. <laughs> yeah. But the, I mean, my trouble is with um, with real bars because we we've talked about them a few times on the podcast before, uh, mainly to do with their recommendation of um, unwrapping presents to uh, to lose extra weight over Christmas, oh, or, or sitting on your ass, which yeah, is the or, best one, or putting up decorations again, or, or or going scavenging for Christmas presents on Christmas Day, <laughs> <laughs> the or, no, or unwrapping presents again, so you have to wrap them up and then unwrap them again. but they've got um i mean they're such a strange website because they do actually have some of the top british marathon runners writing articles for them and this is my major gripe with them because every now and then they have an article which is actually written by damon or or someone similar and it's it's amazingly well written and it's got some very good points that are not at all relevant to the person reading it because if you're used to reading articles about putting up your um, p- putting up decorations to save weight or how to train how to change your plan, just stick to it, and then you suddenly get this quite technical information. The trouble is, you then you don't know what to trust and what is what you should follow and what you shouldn't. So, one example um, of this is five tips for you to run your first off road. It's going to quickly load that up. Now, um, this to me is a really, really bad and dangerous article. So what would you, I mean, if you were to give your five tips to someone who was um, running off road, what would you say are the main things? Five tips for running off road. Um, well, make sure you're wearing the right shoes. Yeah. That's good, actually. Um, That's really good. Um, make sure that you... Uh, I don't know whether knowing where you're going is, is, is important or having like the right navigation or something, because it's like you're going to be um, you know, running on trails and everything. So I don't know if the navigation's or something or having, some, having something with food with you or water um, in case you get lost. Um, uh, basically, probably keeping an eye out for for branches and roots making sure that you're not like constantly looking at your phone or your new your ipad or whatever your ipad who <laughs> takes an ipad on a run <laughs> like, like your iphone or something like that <laughs> your laptop <laughs> your laptop <laughs> don't take a laptop there's gonna be a real buzz article it goes yeah seven tips for for running your fastest marathon don't take a laptop with you um so, so basically the the, it, it, my hope for an article like this is it, it would be there to to just kind of aid people a little bit, but actually to really encourage them to get into trail running. So number one is um, balance and act. It's, it's called balancing act. It says before you do trail running, um, one of the first things you'll notice is the workload on your ankles and your core. Um, so you should do strengthening exercises and core exercises, including um, – single leg raises and the plank to ensure you've got enough stability so that to me is pretty weird in that so that's bullshit isn't it yeah exactly that's bullshit. you don't need to like start fucking core strengthening exercises to run trails 
exactly so then the next one is um slow down it then it says basically if you don't slow down the chances are you are going to fall um and you're going to fall potentially from a great height there's going to be rock strewn trail at the top of the hill um so be sensible slower your speed or um you know your turn ankle so another horror story call a friend so what? it says, call call a friend to go running together. Because if you're just going to go running on the trail um, by yourself, then um, you're heading into the wilderness where the terrain can be more unpredictable and unfamiliar. Did say that? Yep. It's safer to go with someone. <laughs> Make sure you take plenty of provisions with you, food and drink, and have a phone with you too. Tell someone where you are planning to be and what time you expect to be back. I mean, is this American? What? Is this an American? Uh, no, it's a... it's a British, a what? British article. It's a and fucking that... wilderness. What wilderness is this person going into? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, if that would make sense, if you were like in these great open plains or something like that, or you know, disappearing into Utah for four days, or you know, running around ultras, but being in the middle of the bloody new forest or in a park or something, it's like what? And that's my real issue with someone like Real Buzz. Whoever's going to read that is not going to go trail running. Because whoever does core exercises anyway, even if you're training for a race or a marathon, the only, not... the only time you do core exercises is I, I think if you're doing a, like sort of multi-day ultras because you you know that's that's where a lot of your your strength goes after. You know, yeah, or if you're injured, miles. if you're injured and um, and you you're trying to rehabilitate yourself, but not to uh, stre- you don't need to strengthen your fucking ankles to run. If you've been running on the road, your ankles are pretty damn strong as they are. So, so you don't need to strengthen them to go off tarmac. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's, and it's, that's what annoys me about this, these articles is you'll, you'll have someone who's reading from one of the top British marathon runners an article. Yeah. And it will have some very good advice, um, some really useful stuff in there potentially. And so they'll be seeing this website potentially as a very credible source, one that should be listened to. Yeah. So then to read this next article, no one's ever going to go trail running if they've read that article. Because um, if you need to read an article about advice on trail running, you're probably not the type of person that will take risks anyway. Um, but last, last, um, last article for them: five surprising secrets to running success. <laughs> now, there's some good ones on here. Focus on arrival. That's good. Excellent, That's good. excellent. Have a sports massage. That's good. It's good, good. Um, so that's number two. Go easy on the long run. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a nice one. Um, and now <laughs> <laughs> the final point, <laughs> buy a slow cooker. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, that's it. That's why I don't enjoy running because I don't have a slow cooker. <laughs> what the fuck? Kipchoge, he, uh, he yeah. almost breaks up too because of his slow cooker. <laughs> What? It's just so weird. Their articles. I just don't understand who but writes what? them or I how they. Oh God, what? Explain. I want to hear. I want to hear how the slow cooker makes a difference to your running. So it says, in order to recover properly from a run, it's recommended that you eat a decent meal containing carbs and some protein within two hours of completing your session. Many people find this difficult because the post-run cool down, routine of cooling down, stretching, and shower takes up much of this window. In order to ensure that you have something nutritious post-run, a slow cooker comes into its own. 
It allows you to prepare a balanced meal well in advance of your run. And then it is easy for you as soon as you have come home and showered. Yeah, so it's basically <laughs> because, because you're incapable of preparing any type of food within two hours of finishing a run. That's why you get a slow cooker. What? I mean, honestly, <laughs> honestly, does someone... I mean, they clearly don't have an editorial process where an editor or somebody <laughs> looks at that and goes, those are four really good points, but why the fuck are you talking about a slow cooker? I'd love it. I'd love it if one of their dads is a slow cooker salesman. It just, it's, you know, like sometimes you meet people who they just really want to talk about something and no matter what, what we're talking about, it always comes back to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did, I, like... tell you, did I tell you this guy? I t- must have told you this story about this guy who, no matter what we were talking about, he kept talking about Red Snapper. The fish? Yeah, the fish. And okay. then I kept going, I don't eat fish. I don't like fish. So I don't think he goes, oh, but you've got to try this Red Snapper. This Red Snapper was absolutely amazing. And whatever, any conversation he had with anyone in that room that I was in ended up him talking about fucking Red Snapper. You could literally talk about anything. Like, that's a nice laptop. Yeah, yeah. Great picture of Red Snapper on it. But you get meet those people. So this must be this guy. He, or he's like one of these um, people that absolutely lives by his slow cooker. He's known as the slow cooker guy at the running club. Go, oh, is he fucking going on about his slow cooker again? But you're right. No, but you're right about what you're saying that it, it by mixing in um, uh, really poor advice with advice from experts, you give a general impression that all the advice is yeah. uh, is perfect. And that's that's the problem I have with all of those sites where um, they rely on uh, non-experts and they rely on people who uh, are, you know aren't getting you know editorially checked. Um, yeah. to just give out advice because you know and, and people will rely on it and that's that's, that's the real dangerous thing um about about those about those things and the other thing about real buzz um and to some extent running bug is that they don't have like a consistent tone of voice it's it's no. like it's like listening to about nine or ten different people i know they're all supposed to be their own like opinions and stuff like that but it's it's i find it really difficult to to read those type of things because the, the the style in which they write sometimes it'll be really chatty sometimes there'll be things that are like really like formalistic and and quite technical um it's, it's just it's diff, it's just difficult to read yeah and I, I think as well the the thing in, in particularly in i'd say ultra running um people are far more of the view well it's different for everyone um, so if you're training for 5Ks, 10Ks, marathons, there, is, there are fewer schools of thought yeah. on how to train properly for it. You get to ultras and the it seems to be different, I think partly because for a lot of people, the aim is to finish. Yeah. And as soon as the aim is to finish, then there are thousands of ways in which you can finish. There's only one way in which you can get as fast as you can to do those distances. And so, yeah, I think it's, it doesn't so much happen with real buzz because I don't think um ultra runners really would follow a, mag- um, a, a website like that um but i do think in the ultra community there are far more experts who their only expertise is i've finished a race and uh yeah i think it's that's that's the danger when you just no longer know who to trust yeah yeah and no, no, that's the thing because the, the thing about that is like you say over over a distance and over a time and the fact is your bodies do things differently um, mm. to each other so giving like nutritional advice to someone the, the only advice your nutritional advice you should give someone in an ultra is test to see what works you shouldn't be telling them like 
to take these gels or those gels or yeah. anything else like that. It should just be test to see what works for you because yeah, no, no one's digestion is the same and you have longer time for all of it to affect you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and while I think I've got a certain level of expertise, if someone says to me, I'm not a runner, how do I train for my first marathon? I'll be okay, but I haven't been in that situation for so many years that actually you'd be far better with someone who is probably a personal trainer um, or, you know, you just because someone's an expert in an element of running doesn't mean they know what, know how to apply it to different people. Um, but last last new topic that I thought I've got to discuss this week before it becomes old news. Did you hear about what happened in Hawaii? Hawaii? You see, I get my news from a combination of The Daily Show and reading The Week. Right. So I'm never really sure whether the stories I hear permeate to most people in the UK. So last week, Hawaii um, sent out a text, an email to everyone who'd signed up to their um, their alert system saying that a ballistic missile was just about to hit. Oh, yes. Yes. And, yeah. How incredible. Oh, do you know what? Do you know, do you know what made me, that reminded me of? You know, in Fight Club. Yeah. Um, where... Um, Tyler Durden goes in. <laughs> Send him the story. It, it go, what? Everyone starts jacking off. No, 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 no. Is that something else? No, no, that yeah. is something. That is, no, that is something else. What the hell did you watch? Where everyone starts jacking off? I mean, it's it's got to be a, te- a Quentin Tarantino movie where he's he's telling the story of a a plane that is suddenly going to crash, and so suddenly everyone starts jacking off, and people admit all these things, and then they survive. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just puts it away and pretends that nothing's ever happened. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, what were you saying, Jenny? It's not as interesting as that. <laughs> That's amazing. No, but I like it. So, yeah, in, um, in Fight Club, um, there's that scene where uh, Tyler Durden um, looks like yeah. he's going to go and rob a store. Um, yeah. And he pulls that guy out the store and he looks at his um, uh, license, uh, driver's license and stuff. And he's holding him to gunpoint and the guy thinks he's going to kill him. And then he starts having a conversation with him about what he really wanted to be and you know, whether he wanted to, uh, you know, and he actually said he wanted to be a doctor. And why didn't he be a doctor? And he said he couldn't finish. And you know, why was he working at this store and everything? And then he said, you know, you're free to go. And then he turns around to... Um, uh, to Edward Norton and goes, you know, when he wakes up tomorrow, he's going to be, you know, he's going to, everything's going to smell sweeter. Life's going to yeah. be better. And he's going to have a new sense of it. I love the idea that all of a sudden these amazing things are going to start happening to all these people in Hawaii who literally thought for 45 minutes, the world was going to end. And now they're all yeah. decided they're all going to go and write books. They're all going to quit their jobs and become actors. They're all going to just do these incredible things. And like, you know, it, like they have this massive creative blooming um, coming from these people who literally thought they had like no time left in the world. Well, that's the thing. The, the news article was obviously just reporting on what happened then. But as you say, I want to know in a year's time, because even now there'll be repercussions. There was one dad who apparently had to choose which of his children he went to um, went to spend time with as the last moments of their lives because they were in different places. Oh, no. Now, imagine that. Imagine you're the child that knows that your dad went to your brother. <laughs> but also there will be people on the island who... Um, would have told someone they loved them who would have 
gone to their mistress rather than their wife who would have um just thought sod it what does it matter mum and dad i'm gay um, or whatever it may be or just thought right i'm just gonna i've always hated this guy it's time for me to tell him tell my boss screw you i mean the repercussions of those 40 minutes could take years to unravel oh it's just it's what i just understand why it took him 45 minutes to realize <laughs> it, it happened i mean that's a lot that's incredible I do just... you know do you know the reason why it took so long why because the uh, they didn't know the password to social media you are kidding yeah the um because they they did a follow-up interview well they a follow-up but, piece on the daily show and the mayor or whoever was involved in the mayor's office it was all sent out through these social media channels and they didn't know how to log in because it was it was all pre-set up that if someone yeah pressed something or or triggered it it would automatically go down these social media channels so when they then had to try and send something new because it that wasn't created in the system they'd had to log into their twitter to their facebook and then either delete it or update it and they couldn't remember any of their passwords but didn't didn't everyone get a text message didn't they they stay yeah. like oh that's just yeah i mean wow i, I mean if you what? could sue i mean like at least the system works that's good to know isn't it <laughs> oh my god oh that is so brilliant I'm that assuming just... we don't have any listeners in Hawaii, oh, but if please, do, if, if you, yeah, if you're in the states, if you've heard any more stories of individual um, responses to this, and like either brilliant things or horror shows, just fascinating to know how people have reacted. I mean, what would you do? Forty-five minutes left. Forty-five minutes left. Um, I think. Well, I don't. I'd just go home. <laughs> just go home and just sit in the garage. No, no, go home. Just go home to to my family. That's what I'd do. Yeah, I think I'm. 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 I suppose that's the thing. Even though we go forty five minutes, they don't know, do they? They don't know. For it, it could, you know, they didn't know whether that forty five. They didn't know what it's what's going to happen at any time. Yeah, they given a warning. It's not as if hit. they're saying, yeah, the, the you know the nuke the nuke is going to hit in two minutes or five minutes. It might, you know, you haven't got, you don't know, you've got forty five minutes to do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's a, yeah. A, so they weren't given a time limit of when it was going to hit. They just knew at some point. <laughs> That's just awful. Ah, uh, yeah. Forty-five minutes. Someone must come on. Someone must need to get sacked for that. But there, there must have been someone statistically who was thinking about suicide, who didn't kill themselves because they thought, "Sorry, just wait." Why? Uh, <laughs> why? Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna go out this bother? Just have 45 minutes of pure pleasure waiting, and then like, oh man, it might have saved someone's life. <laughs> it could have, or uh, yeah, I don't think anyone would have killed themselves before. That would have been uh, that would have been slightly pointless. Yeah, I absolutely love that story. I don't. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have loved to have been in that situation, but. Um, but as you said, I'd love to have come through that situation. But the good thing is, if you didn't, right, so if you are, were on a digital detox for that day <laughs> <laughs> and there's all these people coming up to you and telling you that they love you, and, like it probably was the <laughs> nicest 45 minutes uh, or, or it goes the other way. They go, oh, you didn't get any messages. Let's start the looting. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, if you've got friends on, who aren't on Facebook and who you've, you probably message everyone on Facebook, you call your nearest and dearest. So if you're someone who isn't in that loop, you're like, oh, wow, 
I didn't even know this happened and no one got in touch. Right. I'm truly alone in this world. What I would absolutely love is this. You know um, all those um, like billionaires and stuff who've bought these like huge bunkers? Yeah. Um, you know, the, which what they haven't thought about is who's going to staff those bunkers because <laughs> <laughs> because they're not paying for like staff in there, are they? So they've got these bunkers. When those 45, when that, when that alarm went off, they all went in there and people, someone's forgotten to tell them because they go in there. There's no reception. There's no, you know, everything's shut off because you know you have a closed system in there. Because you know you could. What happens if you know like terrorists have um, you know infiltrated like the internet and everything? You know, so it's so all shut off. Elon Musk is coming, and they're still they're still in that bunker. <laughs> still, <laughs> people are looking at all these billionaires' households and like the grass has got a bit long, isn't it? That's where they, where did they go? <laughs> It's still down there. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so if, if listeners, if you've got any more stories along those lines, we love them. Send them in. Give us some updates. Um, but get in the Facebook group. We've uh, that's the main one of the main sources of where we get uh, articles, suggestions, things along those lines. If there's anyone you'd like to us to interview, or you'd like us to discuss any topics then then do let us know um we we literally go out and just um hunt them down and badge them until they're coming on we decide what we want um i i I get a small piece of their clothing i give it to david he smells it and (laughs) off he goes (laughs) off he goes absolutely (laughs) that's that's how it works so we so talking talking about um a mild form of stalking um we have procured uh, a possible gut doctor uh, to talk to which i think was it was proving quite a popular suggestion um because yeah. i think people have got some uh, some questions around that so we'll be we'll be doing that oh i had some kombucha you did yeah cuz leon sell it oh what do you think it was nice yeah isn't it yeah i mean there it, it wasn't alcoholic but it there was like they they made it. It was like slightly fizzy, yeah. and um, it was te- it was like it was like a ginger and lime type thing. So it was quite nice, but it still looked like phlegm. Yeah, it 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 is quite phlegmy. I don't know how it's non-alcoholic because it converts the sugar into alcohol. So yeah, I don't know. They've then because sure, I, I surely you can't remove alcohol without doing it by boiling at which point the bacteria would potentially die what, what's the boiling point of alcohol 67 degrees something like that I, I, what the fuck am i know that what, who boils alcohol who yeah who would waste <laughs> who would waste idea? alcohol by boiling Actually, it? <laughs> you boil alcohol when you're trying to make really uh we did it at school a bit when you're trying to make neat <laughs> spirit but um anyway um yeah so I'm not, i can't it's puzzled me how it's unalcoholic kombucha uh, kombucha but yeah it's I'm still not convinced if it's good or not, but it is quite nice. Yeah. And it seems to be gaining momentum. It it does. It does. Um, and I think, you know, anything to, uh, to to give you an edge. Does it give you an edge? I don't know. Um, not yet, but we've only just started. But we... Um, oh, yeah. So how long, how long have you been... You've got, you had it for a week now, haven't you? Yeah, I had it for a week. I've been away this week, though. The last week I've been down at my parents. Oh, so, yeah, of course. Um, so so my... See- we need we need like four weeks of it really to see. Yeah, exactly. So Claire's been having it um, every day, and is we've that, now got. Is her hair nice and shiny? Is her nose bright? What is the? N- never looks more beautiful. Oh, Absolutely. Oh, sick. Um, I think the thing that might help me. I was I was talking to the doctor today about getting Smileyland, having my jabs updated, 
and she was saying that one of the biggest issues obviously is is just getting the runs when you're abroad and uh, mainly because of the uh, the different bacteria and things that you get in your stomach so i'm hoping that having all this kombucha kombucha is going to protect me from uh, from getting the runs while i'm out running uh, fingers crossed so We'll be able to test that. Oh, well, there's a test everyone wants to hear the results of. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's, if, ever, if, ever, if ever there was a hook to pull people back to the next episode, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> But we're um, we're going to does David get the runs? Yes or no? Let's poll. Let's do a poll, shall we? In the in the group. But we're if you've got any questions for the get the gut doctor, we'll we'll be putting a the question into the Facebook group prior to that interview just to um because I, I think as you said last week it is the the number one reason why people dnf um from serious races yeah. is, is is guts so it'd be great to actually understand from her what we could be doing what we should be doing how it all works um and more about kombucha 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 what was the other thing called kombucha and uh, kefir kefir it's t- i tell you what it's like it would be if we were in the 70s, those would be our names, Kombucha and Kefir on the Bad Boy <laughs> Running Podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, well, it's been a good episode. Thank you to Alfie, absolute legend. Oh, cracking. And um, if you, well, your, your mission for next week is to take some stock photos of yourself, your family, and start uploading them to websites. Once you've got them uploaded then uh, post them in the group and we'll start looking out for them to see if they're um, they're used by any firms out there. <laughs> That's amazing. All right then, David, I will uh, see you later. See you later, listener. Definitely. Pleasure, JD. Bye-bye, bye-bye, and give me 